Today's scripture passage is John 1, 29 through 34. Behold, the Lamb of God. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remains on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. It is, it is John's, John the Baptist's witness to the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. It is John's recommendation and accommodation of Jesus to the world. And you might remember, we said by, by everybody, by anyone's standard, John the Baptist was different. He was different. He was popular without seeking popularity. And his popularity was of a different kind. And his popularity was unexpected, right? In Mark, in, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible reminds us that John the Baptist was a different character. He, he ate strange food. He, he dressed in strange clothes. He lived out in the desert in strange places. He quoted obscure Old Testament passages and then applied them to himself. He called men and women everywhere to repentance. And he was baptized indiscriminately uh, by the Jordan River. He was an equal opportunity baptizer. He was baptizing Jews and Gentiles. And despite all of this strangeness, People came from near and far to see and to hear this strange man out in the desert. Because there was a uniqueness in this man, and there was a uniqueness in his message. It was unlike anyone they had ever heard or seen. And this is what Jesus himself said about John the Baptist. You might recall when Jesus reverenced John the Baptist to others, and he gave John the Baptist his word of recommendation, and that word of recommendation could not have been higher. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 7 through 10, in speaking about John the Baptist, Jesus was speaking to a crowd of people, and he asked some rhetorical questions. He said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in, in fine clothes? No, no. But you went out to see a prophet. Yes, I tell you more than a prophet. For this is the one that the prophets say, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare 
your way before you go. Jesus said, when you went out to see John, you weren't looking for, you didn't go out there because he had on fine suits. You weren't going out there because he was finely groomed. You went out there because the Spirit of the Lord was on him and he was a prophet. But he made it clear that his message was not about himself, but he was one sent of God simply to proclaim another one is coming. Prepare yourself for his arrival. John the Baptist was the one sent to prepare the way. John the Baptist was the one sent to prep the people. John the Baptist was the one sent to pronounce the coming of the Lord. Our text this morning is a continuation of that mission. Last time, you might recall, we made the point that when the religious leaders had come out to examine what the fuss was all about, why John was gathering all these crowds to himself, John told them in chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, you come out here because you think I'm something? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. And in chapter 1, verse 29, the Bible says that the next day, the nothing yet showed up. The day after the folks from the Pharisees came out, Jesus came out. And when John saw him. He was moved to proclaim what he knew that nobody else did, namely, Jesus is the Lamb of God. Now, beloved, that doesn't hit you right now. But I pray by the end of this message, it might hit you in some way that it would have hit them. While John was preaching and baptizing in the Jordan River, and all the crowds were gathered around on the shore and in the water and mingling about, and listening to John and having their own private conversations, suddenly John looked up. John looked up and saw something wonderful. And it was approaching. And rather than just announce, oh, by the way, there's Jesus. Rather than just announce the arrival of Jesus, John was moved to speak with a theological clarity and a biblical conviction. Look and behold, 
the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's a, that, beloved, that is a powerful statement. That would have been a stunning statement. And most of those who were there and who heard it, they would have stopped whatever they were doing. They would have stopped whatever they were saying. And they would have looked to see the one to whom John was pointing. And they would have said, who? What? Where? Because, beloved, what you and I don't get is that for centuries, for centuries, the sacrificing of lambs had been an intricate part of everyday life. Everyone went to the temple to offer up a lamb for sacrifice. Everyone brought lambs for sacrifice. Everyone grew weary of the slaughtering of the lambs and the never-ending flow of blood for atonement. And therefore, everyone longed and longed for the day when the incessant cry of the lambs would be silenced. When the need for lambs would be no more. And that day, that day on the banks of the river Jordan, John declared a theological verity. He had an eschatological epiphany. Today is the day. Today, beloved, the Lamb of Lambs has come. Today, behold, the Lamb of God. They would have stopped whatever they were doing and said, this is it. The lambs will be silenced because the lamb of lambs has come. That's why John didn't just say, oh, look, here comes Jesus. He says, behold, the lamb of God. And how, beloved, when the Bible says, when the Bible says Jesus is the Lamb of God, what does that mean? I mean, what would they have been thinking? Well, might we try to think like them this morning? What would they have been thinking? Well, when the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb of God, beloved, it means three things for us this morning. It means that Jesus is the lamb provided from God. That Jesus is the lamb required of God. 
and that Jesus is the lamb offered up by God. Jesus is that lamb provided from God. Jesus is the lamb that is required of God. Jesus is the lamb that was offered up by God. The lamb, the lamb required from God. No doubt, no doubt, beloved, when they heard that language of a lamb, many of them would have no doubt been taken back to the scene with Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah in Genesis 22. So let's visit there for a moment and see if we cannot once again capture the gravity of what was happening. In Genesis chapter 22, by now, Abraham was rejoicing in the son of his old age. He is rejoicing in God had fulfilled the promise of giving him a son, a son who would be a blessing to Abraham, but even more than that, a son who would be a blessing to the nations. He and Sarah were rejoicing that God had kept their, his promises to them and they were happy. And then, verse 2 of 22, God says to Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What? Offer up my son, my only son, the son of my old age, the son of your promise? Bible says in verse 3 of chapter 22, and Abraham rose early in the morning. Beloved, when the Lord gives you a tough assignment, I don't know about you, but it often robs me of my sleep. And it says with trepidation, with trepidation, beloved, for three days. He marched up the mountain. I know what Abraham was doing. He was slow walking God. You've ever had to slow walk with God? Because you knew there was something that God was calling you to do. You knew there was something God was calling you to be. But you were hesitant. And so you were slow walking him. You were slow talking him hoping that by some way or another, God might find time to change his mind. That if I just give him a little more time, he might consider. I am, I am positive, beloved, that Abraham had been to the place of sacrifice before and had taken him three days to get there. But this day, this time, it took him three days to get to the place. His heart was beating with trepidation, 
But on the third day, the Bible says, they stopped and made their way to the place of sacrifice. And in verse 7, when they got there, the Bible says that Isaac looked up at his father and he says, Father, I see the fire. And Father, I see the wood. But where's the lamb? Where is the lamb, Father? And the Bible says that Abraham looked at his son and he said, Son, God will provide for himself the lamb. And beloved, when John saw Jesus by the banks of the Jordan, he looked up and he said, whoop, there he is. There he is. The answer to Isaac's question, there he is. The fulfillment of Abraham's promise, there he is. The Lamb of God, provided from God. The beloved, the point of Isaac's asking of this awesome question is that what he didn't realize was that he needed a substitute. And he didn't even know it. There was a sentence of death standing over Isaac. And he didn't even realize it. He needed a substitute. And his father said, don't worry, son. Jehovah Jireh is going to provide a lamb. You know what the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4? It says that the soul that sins shall die. If that's the case, beloved, then you and I and every person that you know and everyone who has ever lived has a sentence of death upon them. And most people think that they don't need Jesus. But I got news for you this morning. If you have sinned, and the Bible says we all have, beloved, then you need Jesus. People think they don't need Jesus because they think they don't need Jesus to be happy. That they can be happy without Jesus. Well, beloved, the truth of the matter is that the Bible doesn't simply say that you need Jesus to be happy. In fact, that is not the general course of the Scriptures. It is not that you need Jesus to be happy, though you will not be eternally happy without him. It is not that you need Jesus to be happy. You need Jesus to be holy. 
You need Jesus if you're going to stand right with God. Because whether you realize it or not, there is a sentence of death passed on you. The soul that sins shall die. And if you have sinned, and if you are like me, you need someone to help you get right with God. The Bible is clear, beloved, that there is only one. There is only one mediator between God and man. There is only one who is able to make things right with God on your behalf. There is only one substitute. And here's the good news, beloved. The Lord has provided that substitute long before you ever knew you needed him. That's what the Bible says. First Peter chapter 3. Verse 18, God has provided a lamb. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that you and I might be brought to God. That's the lamb that God has provided. Him righteous, you unrighteous, and now you can be brought to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, to be sin for sinners, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that we might be made right with God, that we might be able to come to God. Jehovah Jireh has provided. Therefore, we don't have to ask anymore, where is the lamb? Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the lamb God provided. Jesus is the answer to Isaac's question. Jesus is the fulfillment of Abraham's promise. Jesus takes our place. Jesus is the lamb provided from God to take away the sin of the world. And when John said, Behold, the lamb, he was answering Isaac's question. And those gathered there that day would have heard him. Where is the lamb? Here he is. He is the lamb provided by God. But he is not just the lamb provided by God. He is the lamb required by God. And those who heard John say that by the shore of Jordan that day, no thoughts, those, no doubt, many of them would have their thoughts turned to that eventful night in Israel, in Egypt, when Israel was redeemed out of bondage in Egypt so long ago, in Exodus chapter 12. And you might recall the scene. In Exodus chapter 12, as God had worked the nine plagues upon Egypt and Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had refused to let the, his people go, and God therefore promised that he was sending one more. 
He was sending the tenth and final and awful plague upon Egypt. It would be a plague of death. In Exodus chapter 12, in verse, in verse 12, God promised, he promised that he would pass through Egypt that night and he would strike the firstborn of all the land of Egypt. Firstborn of humankind, firstborn of beasts, firstborn of Egypt, firstborn of Israel, firstborn of anything in the land of Egypt. And if you were going to get your family out of Egypt that night, God said that it would require a lamb, a lamb. And he told the faithful, he told the faithful to take a lamb, an unblemished lamb, to take a male lamb. And in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 7, to take that lamb and put the blood of that lamb on your doorpost and to put the blood of that lamb over the door of your house. And then in verse 13, he says, and the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass. I will pass over you. That lamb became known as the Passover lamb whose blood was required to take away the wrath of God. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus walking down by the riverside, he said, Behold, the Passover Lamb of God. Who is here to cover us from all our sins. I'm not making that up, beloved. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 7, Christ is our Passover lamb. There is a reason, there is a reason, there is a reason why Jesus Christ was crucified during Passover week, beloved. There is a reason why he was crucified and his blood was shed at the end of the week of Passover, beloved, because he was the unblemished male lamb God chose to cover the doorpost of your heart, to cover over the door of your soul. An interesting thing, interesting thing, beloved, is that in the Old Testament, God told them 
to pick the lamb. God says, you go and you pick a lamb. You pick a male lamb, you pick an unblemished lamb, and you take his blood and you put it over the doorpost of your house. But when it came to the sin of the world, God didn't tell the world to go pick a lamb. God chose the lamb. Jesus Christ is the lamb chosen by God. As it says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, Jesus is the chosen lamb, spotless, sinless, unblemished lamb of God. It is his blood, it is his blood that now has been sprinkled over the hearts and the minds and the souls of God's people. Why? Beloved, because the Bible is clear. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. None. None. You're not getting out of Egypt. You're not getting out of bondage. Unless there is some blood that is shed on your behalf. And here's the reality. It can't be bulls, and it can't be goats. For Hebrews 10 and 4 tells us that the blood of bulls and goats could never do the job. Sin required a lamb, but not just any lamb. Your sin and my sin required a human lamb. God didn't send a bull. God didn't send a goat. God sent Jesus because Jesus was required. This is the good news. Whether they realize it or not, when John was standing there in the water and he looked up and saw Jesus, he began to preach the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. What God requires, God provides. Your sin required blood. Thankfully, beloved, it is not your own. It is the blood of Christ. It is the blood of the Lamb this morning. And like they say, there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood. And therefore, therefore, beloved, we don't have to ask the question anymore, where is the lamb? We know where the lamb is. We don't have to, have to ask the question, who is the lamb? We know who is the lamb. The only question that is left to ask is, have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? That's the question that is before us this morning. We know who the lamb is. Have you been to him? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you fully trusting in its grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Nobody, nobody gets out of Egypt without the blood of the Lamb.
Would you be free this morning? Then you must have the blood of Christ washing. You must have the blood of Christ standing between you and the wrath of God. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That's what the Lord requires. And thankfully, that is what he has provided. The Lamb that he required is the Lamb that he provided. It is the Lamb that he has offered up for you and me. This is the lamb offered up by God. He's not just the lamb provided by God. He is not just the lamb required by God. But he is the lamb sacrificed by God. And this, no doubt, beloved, I can, I can see their minds working. And no doubt some of them begin to whisper. Is he talking about Isaiah 53? Is this what Isaiah was referencing? When John proclaimed Jesus as the Lamb of God, he no doubt was saying, according to Isaiah 53 and 3, this is the one you will despise and reject. This is the one you will look upon now, but you soon will turn your face away from. When John pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God, he was saying, as it says in Isaiah 53 and 4, this is the one who will bear your griefs. This is the one who will carry your sorrows. When he looked up and began to speak, when he said Jesus is the Lamb of God, he was saying, as it says in Isaiah 53 and 5, this is the one who will be wounded for your transgressions. This is the one who will be crushed for your iniquities. When he began to look up and he saw Jesus coming, no doubt John was saying, as it says in Isaiah 53 and 4, that this is the one who will be punished by God. This is the one who will be afflicted by God. This is the one who will be stricken by God. This is the one. This is the one who will be afflicted, but will never open his mouth. This is the one who will be led like a sheep to slaughter and remain silent before his shears. This is the one, as it says in Isaiah 53 and 6, who was sent to be a sacrifice for your sins. This is the lamb God offers up for us. This is the one. Beloved, I want you to listen to me carefully this morning. God did not reluctantly send Christ to die for us. He did not 
begrudgingly send Christ to die for us. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 32 that God did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. This is the lamb that God gave. This is the lamb that God sacrificed. This is the one that he offered up. This is the one God willingly delivered without hesitation, without a second thought. How do I know that? That this is a gift that was not reluctantly given, but lovingly gave. It is because in Isaiah 53 and verse 10, it says, it pleased the Lord. It pleased God to bruise him. It was God's loving will to deliver him up. It was God's gracious plan to sacrifice this lamb. No, 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 beloved. No, no, no. No one, no one had to drag Jesus to the cross. He carried the cross. He carried it. No one made him twisted his arm to lay it down. He willingly, lovingly laid down his life for you. He carried his cross for you. He carried his cross for me. He carried it so that the whole world could be free. Behold the Lamb of God, the man of sorrows. What a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, John. What a Savior. Guilty, helpless, lost were we. Blameless, blameless Lamb of God was He. Sacrificed to set us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What a Savior. Behold, beloved, I pray that you never hear again those words. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I hope you never hear those words again and not be moved by the power, by the precious love and mercy of God. 
and sending Christ to redeem his people. It moved John. I pray it has moved us this morning. Let's pray.